0: now. He's housed, he has support, um, and he doesn't have to worry about surviving day to day now.
1: You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. On today's episode, we're going to feature two stories from Mental Health Association Oklahoma's brand new 2019 annual report one about our housing and recovery services, and the other about our QPR suicide prevention training. And I'm so excited to share these stories because they're told by our friends Sheila Farley the association's program coordinator of our Oklahoma City Street Outreach and Rapid Response Team. And then you'll hear a story from Lori Wharton, who is one of the association's greatest volunteers and supporters. She's also a QPR, Suicide Prevention Training Leader in Oklahoma City. But before we get to those back-to-back stories, I invited the ever-brilliant Christy Sturgill, who serves as the Association's Director of Marketing, to talk about some of the highlights from the 2019 annual report that, by the way, should be in mailboxes as we speak. And you can also read it online at mhaok.org forward slash annual report. And that link is in the show notes. All right, Christy, thank you so much for being back on the Mental Health Download.
2: Thanks for having me,
1: Matt. Okay, so Christy, going into this annual report production, especially because of COVID-19 and everything that is going on right now, you know, what was your thought process with this annual report and what did you hope to accomplish?
2: Well, we release the annual report every year. Its uh, main purpose is just to say thank you to all of our supporters. And beyond that, we want to show them how we are making an impact with those dollars that we receive every year. And so each year, what we've often done is highlighted, you know, four or so stories. And, and then tied those stories to some broader programs that we have in the association. However, it was a bit challenging this year because by telling those stories, we usually have a photo shoot and some video and that just wasn't possible this year. And so what we did was we sort of scraped through all of the photos we took in 2019 and handed it over to our very talented designers, Josh Butts and Matt Dean, and they helped create this beautiful document that shows not just what we've done in 2019, but also gives a little update on what we're doing now as the association has learned to cope with the complications that come with being in a pandemic. So the the document as a whole is just is just a big thank you and, and a big outline of, of what's going on in the association. And so, that is the purpose of the annual report. And of course, like you said, to show everyone our financials as a transparent nonprofit, what dollars are coming in and what dollars are going out and, and how we're we're being good stewards of those donations.
1: You know, when, when you think about this in your report, you know, maybe months from now and you look back and you're like, man, that was really cool. I'm really glad we got to share that. What, what would that be?
2: I think this year, I think the design was a lot of fun. It was very colorful um, and happy, which I think we need a little bit of color and happiness in 2020. So thank you, Josh Butts, for that vision. We actually had a little conversation before he started. And he's like, I have some really good ideas, but I need to know like what my leash is. And I was like, Josh there is no leash and he 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 then presented this beautiful rendition of our annual report that i absolutely love um so so that's probably a big uh, portion of it but i think it's also to um, important to highlight the fact that this is the last annual report with our current CEO, Mike Bros, as we transition to our new CEO, Terry White. So I really liked that we were able to highlight a lot of good things that happened during his, his last year of his tenure. And so that was another meaningful portion of the
1: annual report development. And a huge shout out to Gail Richards. She was kind enough to write a beautiful letter and tribute to Mike, which appears in the section of the annual report where all of the donor names are. So check that out. I just love, love, love what Gail wrote. Of those stories, you know, which one maybe really stood out for you?
2: I think they were all amazing stories, and that our programs are fantastic. I I did really enjoy listening to Sheila talk about her program, just because it's one of our newer ones in Oklahoma City, and so it's really, it's really neat to see so much uh, impact happening as as we grow our our reach in in the Oklahoma City metro area. So that was a lot of fun.
1: Lori Wharton's and Sheila's are. They're, I, like you said, you, I love them all, but there's moments in both of those videos where the emotion of telling those stories is very apparent. You know, Lori got to meet someone who, and I don't want to ruin these stories because we're going to play them, but she got to meet um, someone who told her the amazing power of suicide prevention in a way that, you know, only you can hear from somebody who's been directly affected. And then Sheila tells this beautiful story and she actually cries. And, and I was, I was doing the zoom interview with her and I, it was very emotional for me as well, because she was just so moved by how appreciative the gentleman that she was able to move off the streets and into a safe place to live, just how grateful he was. So I can't wait for everybody to hear all those stories so stay tuned. Okay, last question. Um Okay. What's the 2020 annual report when the the one so just explanation we we so this year's annual report is the 2019 because we're looking yep. back in 2019. So next year when we're sitting in 2021 and we look back on 2020 for the 2020 annual report, what do you th- what do you envision for that annual report? What do you you know, any ideas, anything that you would want, you know, the big message to be from that?
2: I think the big message is how much work can happen in the most challenging of circumstances. I mean, we have street outreach delivering necessities to people who are living in tents. We have our mobile medical intervention team continuing to do their work, our case management going out and working with our participants. I mean, just innovating new support groups for people dealing with with trauma specifically associated with COVID-19. And so I think... Our 2020 annual report that we produce next year its theme is is our ability to innovate and not back down even when everything seems at times impossible like how are how are we going to do this and then we just find the answer and do it okay the mental health download starts now
1: So like I mentioned in the introduction, you're about to hear two of my favorite stories from the 2019 annual report, and you can read those at mhaok.org forward slash annual report. And we're going to begin with the story of Eric, who spent six years experiencing a homelessness in Oklahoma City. That veteran and his wife were happily married, living in a home of their own. Then Eric's wife became ill to the point she was admitted to the hospital. Okay, here's Sheila.
0: Hi, I'm Sheila Farley. I am our program coordinator for Street Outreach and Rapid Response in Oklahoma City. I'm just going to tell you a quick story today about one of our outreach clients, so I had received a referral of a man who was a veteran and really was in need of housing. so, like what we do in street outreach, I went out i I located the gentleman, and you know when he first met me, he was like, "Look." I don't want your help. I've worked with you people before and you see where I'm at. Okay. That's understandable. I get that. Totally get that. But I want to be, I want to help you in any way that I can. And so I gave him my phone number and, you know, kind of left it at that for a little bit. And, you know, sure enough, I received a call from him one day. He was needing help with his food stamps. That's just, sure. Not a problem went out, helped him out with his food stamps, you know, started talking to him about housing and kind of what we do as an organization. And it was like, uh, uh, I'm okay. I said, okay, not a big deal. Another week or so goes by, he gives me a call, he needed help with something else. So same thing, I come out, we meet the client where they are. So I went back out, worked with him on a few other things. And he actually brought housing up to me. And he was like, Hey, you know, can we talk about that? I was like, sure, why not? So we talked about it, we did a housing assessment. Of course, I, I went back to our community. I, I staffed his case, let him know that he was a veteran. Unfortunately, his veteran status didn't quite qualify him for services through the VA, but we have other programs that work with veterans. And from that point, it just moved really quickly. I noticed that he began calling me for different reasons and would want me to come out and meet with him. And when I would get out there, it was, oh, never mind. I got that fixed. And I realized he was trying to find out if he could trust me. And that happens a lot with some of our outreach people, you know, other agencies or, or, or just, you know, people in the community who want to help will try to help, but don't really have the resources to help. And so then it just kind of fails. And that causes, you know, the client to lose hope, to lose trust. And so I realized in that moment that he was just trying to see if he could trust me, if what I said was true, if I would follow through with what I said. And of course I did, because that's what we do at the agency. And um, so as soon as he was on board for housing, I mean, it just moved so quickly. And I'll never forget the night before he got housed, he, he called, I'm going to cry. <laughs> He was so happy, like he still, he could not believe that it was happening, And he kept asking me, Sheila, is this true? Is this really happening? Am I really moving into an apartment tomorrow? And I was like, yes, yes, of course you are. You know, I don't, I don't just say these things. And of course he, he got into his apartment the next day. He called me. He was just so thankful. He couldn't believe that he didn't have to sleep outside that night. But he actually had people who cared about him. And that he had someone to go to. And, you know, this man had spent, I want to say, six years on the street. It was kind of a a sad story. He was married. His wife took care of a lot of their finances and different things like that. And one day she had gotten sick and IMSA came and picked her up, took her to the hospital. At that time, he didn't have any sort of transportation, you know, to be able to get to the hospital and spend any time with her while she was sick. Well, she never came home. And that's where his homelessness started. But now (laughs) he's housed, he has support um, and he doesn't have to worry about surviving day to day now.
1: Wow. Sheila, thank you so much for sharing such a powerful story. And thanks to all of our supporters for making it possible Now we're going to have Lori Wharton share the story of how she and her dear friend Keiko Wright had an inspirational encounter. So in 2019, Lori and Keiko were presenting a QPR training for more than 60 people. Afterward, a smiling young woman approached them to share the power of QPR. Okay, here's Lori.
3: Hello, my name is Lori Wharton, and I am a board member and volunteer with Mental Health Association Oklahoma. And one of the privileges that I have with the association is I became a uh, certified QPR to Save a Life Suicide Prevention trainer, and I've been doing that for several years. And I'm really passionate about it. It's um, a program that literally saves folks' lives. I've seen it. It's a real honor to do that, and. In, 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 and I, I've seen that it saves lives, and uh, the example I have, we had a several examples, but one that really stands out to me, I was doing a, Keiko Wright and I are both uh, trained facilitators, and we were doing a training here in Oklahoma City, and training takes about an hour, an hour and a half, and after the training, you know, we were mingling, it was a large group of folks, probably 60, 65 folks, and kind of mingling among the folks and then just kind of handling, handing out some supplemental material. And this beautiful young woman came up to me smiling and she said, I just wanted to tell you that this is the second QPR suicide prevention training that I've actually attended that you all have done. And I just needed to tell you that the first one, it saved my life. And I wanted to see, I wanted to give you a hug and I wanted to say thank you. And so those are the kind of examples. And so how many others are like that, that maybe have didn't share, but I just believe in this work so much and I know that it saves and improves lives, so.
1: Thank you, Lori, for sharing that story. Uh, Again, thank you, Sheila, for sharing yours. Uh, Before we go, I wanna end thanking everyone who makes a difference by supporting and donating to Mental Health Association Oklahoma. So Sheila and Lori, take it away. I just
0: wanna tell all of you, thank you so much. Thank you for your donations, your support. We could not do what we do without your help. The more money you bring to us, the more people that we can help. And that's what we love to do. That is our passion. We want to help everyone that we can, and we couldn't do that without you. So thank you so much for that.
3: I love this association and the work that they do because I know that it saves lives. The work that we do and that the association does, I could share so many stories of of lives that have been saved and impacted and improved. But all of that would not be possible without generous donors such as you. So whenever you you know, maybe think about giving, giving and you maybe thought about giving to Mental Health Association, I want you to know that your decision to do that was a great decision because I can tell you and promise you firsthand that that money has gone to change people's lives for the better. And so I thank you so much.